Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pro Fatico. It's good to be back in the saddle. Uh, more stuff to share uh, tonight uh, via Dory Lynn Etheridge. You can thank her for uh, the title of tonight's episode, The uh, Pow Calypse. Uh, she put that up when I mentioned something today on the social networking site. Um, it's amazing to me that I just look at that that photo and I see so many different things than what you can see. Um, for one, uh, I want sh- everybody to uh, to consider this uh, very seriously. That on that photograph, uh, I told everybody um, that the ten ten sequence is plainly mentioned there. I know what that is. All of you know what that is. All of you know what is to come. It's been listening to me for what? Since 2010, that is two years and under. That's two years, which is 365 plus 365 birth cycle. Uh, talking about uh, primus numerous. Uh, in the Hebrew, we of course call them the Moshiim. Uh, there is what they are called in the book of Obadiah, the Moshiim, the Moseses, plural, so to speak. Take a look again. That 1010, I've told you all before, is why uh, the uh, 10 verses uh, from chapter 10 of the Psalms in the Hebrew is moved to the ninth month in the Septuagint. That's why there's a differentiation uh, between the Septuagint and the Masoretic text. Of course, they're both true. All of you know about the Bible source code. Um, there's a reason why. Uh, both the Septuagint and the Masoretic text, is quoted in the New Testament. Uh, the reason why is, is because, well, they're both true. Uh, they're just two different data streams. I like to think of it as a, a binary code. Uh, we all know that a binary code is comprised of ones and zeros. So the uh, Hebraic Bible source code, uh, just take note, I'm going to be referring to it a lot, and if you're a new listener, um, just take note that is the Masoretic text combined with the Delich New Testament. Uh, please look into the uh, Delich New Testament. There is no Messianic rabbis that was not saved from the Delich New Testament. It was written way before the inception of the uh, Hebrew into a modern language for the state of Israel. It is written in biblical Hebrew. On top of that, uh, it of course <clears throat> had two witnesses. Uh, please take a look at it. Two of the foremost experts at the time of both uh, did uh, an editing of Belch's translation. So uh, when I talk about the Greco-Bible source code, I'm of course referring to uh, the Septuagint combined with the Edito Regia. Uh, make no mistakes, those are the text, and remember that comes with two witnesses as well. When you look into the manuscripts, uh, there's a reason why. Um, that is where you get your Bible chapters and verses from. It comes from the Adidas Regia because it was 
uh, incorporated into its translation was two secret uh, translations uh, from France, of course, uh, that was lent to him so he could get the proper uh, translation, and they never let uh, the church uh, authorities know what those manuscripts were. So it has two witnesses as well. But anyway, I'm getting a little bit off track. Just to let you know, we're going to bring on uh, author Monk here, but I want you to take a second look at that picture that I made because I didn't talk about the first number, 746. It, it really is important, and when I say this, I don't want people to have their cage you know, too rattled. But there is a very important event uh, that's going to happen based on that time calculation. Uh, you can see uh, that uh, there uh, is brought out three different planets, too, if you look at the planet sequences, and that's very important. And it has everything to do with the birth cycle because exactly one birth cycle after Rosh Hashanah 2015 is, of course, the Mercury transit. Now, all of you remember that I did uh, a short video uh, for our brother David Flynn, who has uh, passed on, the author of The Temple at the Center of Time. Just take note that they really can't uh, track down, and they say very strange things uh, about the uh, Venus transit. Uh, let me give a short diatribe here uh, from uh, the NASA website. A cursory examination of the table will reveal that consecutive transits of Mercury appear to be separated by either 3.5, 7, 9.5, 10 or 13 years. This pattern is rather complex because of Mercury's elliptical orbit. The shorter periods are a consequence of several longer harmonics <laughs> between the orbital periods of Mercury and Earth. The 13-year period is of particular note because it corresponds to nearly 54 orbits of Mercury around the Sun. It falls short of a perfect fit by just 2.10 days. A longer period of 33 years, which is 10 plus 10 plus 13, produces an even better fit, which corresponds to 137 orbits of Mercury minus 1.67 days. Combines the 13-year, the 33-year periods together, the 46-year total equals 191 orbits of Mercury plus only 0.34 days. Well, that's because it's they're saying everything but saying what they need to say. That temporal saccula that God has arranged in the heavens is exactly why the Lord your God uh, talks about the first church there in the book of Revelation. All of you know that have listened to my celestial symbology episodes. Uh, that first church is, of course, referring to uh, the bride. It is also, of course, referring to Mercury. The reason why this is stated here is because one of the threats there, you remember that uh, the Lord rebukes this church and says that uh, uh, they need to go uh, back 
uh, to their previous height from which they had fallen. A very elementary search about Mercury reveals some very marvelous things. Its elliptical orbit is so bad that eventually it could uh, crash into a Venus and or us that's just keep getting worse and worse and worse. You also need to know this, that you have all been taught by me extensively uh, that, of course, there's a star in the heavens. You're supposed to watch Venus. Uh, the Septuagint comes right out and tells you about the evening star Hesperus. While it is in its morning phase or on the other side of the sun, it has a second name, and you all know that as Phosphorus. However, if you know the Bible source code and you have read the Greco, because the Adidurgia comes right out and tells you something that stabs you in the eye, because the promise made to that church is this, that if they obey the will of the Lord their God and go back to the orbit which they have fallen from, the Lord says that he will give them the morning star, but that's not what it says, you see, because Mercury has two names. It always had two names, and you can only find this uh, reading Greek. Now, I know this is going to write you a cage, but if you go to the Wikipedia article for Mercury, scroll down on the left-hand side, find the Greek edition of it in the Greek language. Translate that. It tells you this. Mercury has two names. You see, in the morning, it has one name, and in the evening, it has Hermes. But what the Lord your God promises Mercury right there is that I will give you Apollos. You see, because Mercury, when it is the morning star, it is not called Hermes. It's called Apollo. I just want you to think about that for a second and swallow it. Now, I'm rather fond of Arthur Monk. Uh, he can do things I can't. All of you know when it comes to the Bible... I am an expert. That's, that's all I do. That's what I am. That's all I have ever done is the Bible. But there are other very, very, very important things. Uh, we need to watch earth changes. I can't keep up on that stuff. I can't keep up on the finance stuff. And, and all these things play a part. You know there are four writers. I am knowledgeable in each of those four phases. But that's not why God made me. God made me for just the bibliodiciacy. That's what I do. So when it comes to these matters that are very, very, very important, I need help. And uh, Arthur has done a lot of research because he is a silver bug, I guess. Uh, now, that's not a derogatory term. That is a modern term that just refers to those people who are rather fond, uh, either in its current uh, context or its historical value, of silver. They're called silver bugs. So uh, Arthur has been posting every day, giving us this countdown down to Rosh Hashanah 2015. He doesn't realize how much I depend on him uh, uh, to help steer me because I, I don't 
ladies and gentlemen, all my spare time is spent with either my family or my Bible. I don't want to do anything else. So I really, I know that I should, you know, look into these things, uh, but I really just don't, you know, that that's just not my specialty. Uh, so. Uh, Arthur, welcome to the Profetico, buddy. Uh, it's good to be with you on the air. It's good to talk you, to you for the first time, actually. I don't think we've ever had private discourse, have we? No, I don't believe that we ever have. And this is quite a honor and a little bit of a surprise about an hour and a half ago <laughs> to be informed that I was going to be on the radio with several people that I admire Greatly, I am a Christian, and uh, ooh, I guess uh, started out in fringe Christian uh, radio. I have always been a uh, Lutheran. My mom is a Lutheran, so that pretty much makes me a Lutheran. But something was just uh, missing, and I found in the uh, fringe Christian podcasts and stories with uh, the film and uh, uh, Genesis 6, how it just seemed to tie the whole Bible together and to find out why what God did, everything that he did, was perfectly just. And uh, that's what kind of started me out. Now, to move on to silver, as I've always been a silver stacker, we like to call ourselves stackers. We like to get, uh, as some of us like to get as much as we can, and we like to and or trade it amongst ourselves. On the Silver Bug pages, and there's several other pages on Facebook. Um, and through that, uh, I kind of got pulled into economics because silver was once a standard in our country as keeping America free, keeping the people in America from slavery by the government and by higher powers above them, the financiers. Now, politicians today are nothing but puppets for these financiers. And these are the men that are worth $50 trillion. And you, most of them, you will very rarely hear their name. They are old money. And that is a pretty scary thought that, uh, you know, they possess more than the majority of the countries in the world. Uh, so from there, just looking into that, uh, I got tied up in the Illuminati, um, subject for a while there. And I found out who exactly the people were that were controlling the world with money. And I found out that they changed the silver and gold standards to pieces of paper. Uh, recently, a good friend of mine uh, died and a mentor of mine, uh, Pat Fields, 
And uh, he had a saying that uh, really got me going into it. It really just, you know, just really made me plow into it and to do research. And his saying was, silver and gold are real money. Paper is just plantation script. And that was the turning point right there for me, was that money is not actually the power. It is the control over people. These people crave the power over other human beings. And I feel this is where we're at in America. Um, but I feel that it's getting a little more serious now. And people are getting way too accepting. And it's uh, really scared the heck out of me. And uh, I think you read my uh, 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 posting on Facebook when I was going to stop the countdown. Yes, I did read it. And it bothered me because, well, I was depending on it. Um, And, you know, uh, Arthur, you're probably not aware, uh, but all over the course of this planet, um, well, I, let me put it to you simply. Um, Within a month's time, I will generally have anywhere from uh, forty to sixty thousand correspondents. Uh, many of them, most of them, not many of them, most of them, not in English. Um, that's the whole reason why I started uh, the SoundCloud uh, show because over on SoundCloud, everybody on the planet can get to it. But for some reason, uh, like Portugal, Spain, uh, Greece itself, uh, I've got tons of listeners in Greece. Uh, because of my expertise, uh, when I was in an institution of higher learning with Greek, uh, I got to correspond with uh, many people over there. And, uh, well, uh, that's kind of the people that are depending on you because as soon as you post, I will just uh, copy your links and send them in an email, and they will go to a uh, one person that is the head of a group, and then that person has a a, a, a private um, forum. And so they take my stuff, and I've told them to download my, my videos, and they take them over there in private so they can get to them on their servers. Uh, because a lot of my stuff, oh, because it's yeah. Christian, it's banned in other countries. Uh, so oh, I even I even at one time had quite a lot of Assyrian Christians. Uh, and Coptic Christians, but since um, all the trouble brewing in the Middle East, they can't get to the internet a lot now because, well, because the U.S. forces and nobody's really told that that the United States yeah. forces go over there and just just wreaks havoc, doing exactly what you're talking about. Because really, uh, really, what you're talking about is we're the modern day Rome. I mean. Um, how many yes, people have are. died in Afghanistan? Uh, I, I mean, we have killed, we have murdered, <laughs> murdered um, a million Iraqi citizens. And in Afghanistan, how many have we killed? Ladies and gentlemen, Congress, Senate did not declare war. We we can't be there murdering people. Only authorized uh, combatant for the United States military to engage must be wearing a uniform. I don't care if it's a Russian uniform or a Chinese uniform or a, 
a Mexican uniform or or a Brazilian uniform, our military is only lawfully able to engage a countering military organization. We're not allowed to just go kill civilians because we think they're bad people. So what author just said, you know, what you just said about the control aspect is, well, it's grossly evident. It's 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 grossly evident that this is the truth, and people just aren't waking up to it. But you're absolutely correct. Everybody talks about gold, 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 gold. No, do your history, please. Do your history. Uh, all of the historical references and bases for the free society of people use silver. That was their base was silver. And yes, the uh, not, middle class and and such all used uh, silver and uh, gold. You know, was for the upper class and the uh, royalty. This is true. Uh, I guess I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> well, it, it's just amazing that people don't know that, Arthur. Uh, they no, just don't uh, realize that. Uh, People do not understand the banking system. And, uh, well, they're distracted from it a lot with social issues. Social issues, I feel that, are pretty needless to be even brought up. But if they understood how the American public, and now the world, definitely the whole world now, they're being robbed of the worth of their scripts, their fiat, their paper money it has no backing there is no silver or gold behind it whatsoever it is faith based i recently did a post on a countdown about that the faith in stocks now i kind of have a how would you call it i always have god on my mind (laughs) uh and so i have I have opened up compartments in my mind, and they are always working together. Now, uh, follow the money, and where it is, and what are they up to? <laughs> so it's always up to something. And I have to admit, sometimes it gets the best of me. It might be known as paranoia. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at the financial banking of the we are feeding them trillions of dollars. Our economy has been, has had the appearance of it prospering. But, you know, that was $83 billion out of American citizens' pocket, pockets. Every month, they pumped into the market $83 billion. It was QE to infinity. I'm sitting here like, am I taking crazy pills? You know, I mean, can anyone else not see this? And then can we see the destruction that that money is doing? Not just making more weapons and, you know, uh, bombs and that and... Um, special 
the CIA and such like that, uh, with uh, the with what's going on with the Islamic, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know what you call them. Uh, you know, I would say ISIS. I don't think anybody really knows what ISIS is, you know? <laughs> but right. it's not just that. It's that we are using this money. Just real quick to get uh, my point out here is we are using this money. We are using the money that's being taken out of the Americans' pockets, and we are putting other countries into deeper debt so they cannot recover, and they will be fully under control of what what is on the lips of every politician in every country, this world, a new world order. And, uh, well, I'm past shocked now. Uh, I'm at the point of acceptance. I'm at the point of that God is in charge. And uh, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, the knowledge that God can change his mind at any time (laughs) is a bit of a comfort to me. But, you know, this is what's going on, a new world order. And now, gone willy-nilly, with, you know, with uh, him traveling around in the statements that he's uh, been putting out recently, I think it's just happening a little too fast. And people were coming to me scared. People were saying, what do I do? What exactly is going to happen? And, well, this is the real world, uh, Matthew. No one can tell anybody exactly what's going to happen. No one can tell how people are going to react. No one can tell how the government's going to slip in a plastic card or a chip, and that'll be our new money. People won't even notice that the American dollar collapsed. Because they'll have a plastic card in their hand that they use to buy and sell everything. Or they'll have a scannable chip in their hand that people will use to buy and sell. I don't think anyone's going to even notice the changeover to a new currency. And a changeover to the new currency is the fall of the U.S. dollar. Thank you. Well, well, author, I... I mean, I hate to agree with you, but I agree with you. I have well, spent my time, stu- you know, uh, studying finance, and uh, well, let's let's just give an example, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't you go to uh, the local gas station, okay? Just go to the gas station and ask mm-hmm. the manager, "What's your percentage of cash sales?" And They'll actually get irritated because they hate cash sales. They have to count that. They have to take that to the bank. Ladies and gentlemen, I would say that we're at least in the range of 75% of all transactions are non-cash. Cash can be stolen. We're already here, people. You know, surprise if some some of your listeners aren't kind of into well, what's been going on. Surprise. We're all, you know, we're almost there. That's uh, right. Many of the banks now are talking about it would be more convenient to ban cash. 
banks, of course, you know, are owned by the CIA. They're owned by uh, military trust. Uh, they're owned by some of the, the god-awful most wealthiest men in the world that basically just consider us some kind of human cattle. That's all we are to them. Right. I mean, we are not human in the, or they are above human. They are their own gods. Shocker to me. That's that's exactly right. I mean, they really are. And people just, they can't fathom it. Uh, that These people don't, you know, we at the bottom, we think in, you know, hundreds, right? Ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's what we think in. Ladies and gentlemen, these people have so much money, they don't even think about money anymore. They don't even... Do you actually think they they get out of their Learjet and ask how much gas is going to be? They ha Their interest on what they have, they can't spend on a daily basis. That's how much they have. They incur oh, so no. much interest on a daily basis, they they can't spend it. That's who we're talking about. We're talking about literally the controllers of currency. These men are worth more than any given country on this planet. Their GDP is far beyond uh, state powers, far beyond it. And when you think about oh, yeah. that, when you realize that, <clears throat> you, you, you realize that Ladies and gentlemen, this this has to happen. Now, now, now look, this is a historical fact from George Washington. Okay, from George Washington until our current chief executive, we had only printed nine hundred ninety-eight billion. You need to realize that his first thirty days in office, he he printed more money than had ever been printed from George Washington to that point, and that was his first printing. Now, so, so literally speaking, what, I, what I'm trying to tell you is this, and what Arthur is trying to say. Within the first month presidency, okay, all of your dollars was only worth 50 cents. He more than doubled the cash flow. Now, this hasn't hit yet, but Arthur, am I correct in telling the listeners it must happen? It must. I mean, I would say you are a hundred percent correct. I've been following this since 2008, and I've been through many scares. And uh, I have just seen the ungodly pumping or printing and pumping out of money. And something that used to cost you dollar fifty years ago today is easily going to cost you $100 today on some things. Uh, right. Can you believe that you used to be able to buy a car, a uh, brand new car back in the 60s <laughs> and those were real 
sense, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Top well, of the line, right that, there. Yeah, well, let's just talk about yeah. um, this this one particular car, okay? A nineteen seventy Hemi Cuda. It was Ooh, so powerful nice. that they lied. They lied on the insurance, ladies and gentlemen. They sold it off the off the floor room shore. Uh, uh, <laughs> the floor floor room. Uh, they they sold it and advertised it as only, I think it was 476 horsepower. They had to lie because it was actually a 512 horsepower. So you could buy a 1970 Hemi Cuda for 1700 bucks. Mm. And it was literally the perfect machine. Um. It, and it's it's phenomenal that that people don't think about it because it's happened in their lifetime, and I really think it's tied to well, just about 1970, actually, 1973. Now those those three years there is when everything everything changed. Everybody born after 1970, they've kind of grown up in this hyperinflation, and they don't realize that uh, this all happened right before they were born. I mean, right before they were born. That's when it happened. And ladies and gentlemen, I've just come out of the gate. Uh, everybody knows about uh, the Club of Rome's map of this planet divided up into ten kingdoms. Well, I hope you realize that was in accord with the Yom Kippur War in 1973. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, they, they know what's going on, and they have this plan. And it's just a matter of numbers, and that's all... Arthur has been studying is the numbers. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's amazing to me that people don't realize these things, Arthur. It just it really blows me away. Uh, it, it doesn't. The financial system and and the phenomenon. I mean, it's hard to even comprehend what a trillion is. We hear that word a lot nowadays, but you really just cannot comprehend that much wealth. And that much debt. You know, you got to remember now, if you look at the uh, $10 trillion some dollars, I think, that the United States owes, uh, don't quote me on that, but, uh, you know, that's how much we owe. We're over like $58,000 uh, per citizen, and that includes babies being born, are born $58,000 in debt. I mean, just unfathomable uh, what is being done. It, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is. It's unfathomable. It's it's hard to wrap your mind around. It, it's just, I know. I just, yeah. <laughs> I almost uh, blacked out a little bit for a second there. <laughs> I just got a brief comprehension of, you know, what exactly that is. And now with this, uh, I don't know if any of the listeners have heard of the derivatives, um, uh, market. Well, when they got rid of the, uh, I believe it was uh, President Clinton uh, got rid of the Glass-Steagall Act. Instead of a bank being a bank, taking your money, lending it out, getting the money in, and you know, everyone who put their money in the bank, they got a certain amount of interest back out of that. Okay, so that's what a bank is. Well, now what a bank is is that. You put the money in, that money is no longer yours. Okay, just because they haven't taken it yet 
does not mean that it is your money. That's right. Uh, yours. And it's it, is, in, it is not. Go ahead. Well, it's uh, not in uh, your possession. It's in theirs. Yes, and you actually have no legal right to it. Insurance uh, that they have, uh, the FDIC, you are not a secured uh, lender or uh, debtor. So that means that if the banks go bankrupt, the government is going to step in and pay off the secure debtors, which is not me and you. <laughs> we will lose our money. And I just found this out, uh, I guess, about a year ago. And I was just thinking now everything is in place for us to be completely broke, everyone in the country to be put in a poorhouse. And I have noticed that our president has put every social program in position to pick up the slack, pick up the slack on jobs because jobs are going to falter when the money goes down. People aren't going to be producing. People aren't going to be uh, getting jobs and that they're just not going to be out there. Oh, and then what's next is the pension fund. Your pension that you worked hard for, some of them are quite ridiculous. I don't see how anyone can put money, small amount of money into a pension and expect to get paid more than they did when they were working. Wow. I mean, but a politician will stand up and promise this and people will vote for them. Be that as it may, uh, the pensions are, are going to go. Uh, the, the president announced a my, a my IRA. It's going to be a government's uh, ran retirement fund because the IRAs are all failing and losing money for the citizens and the citizens will cling to the government when they are scared and hungry. They will cling to the very government that put them in that position. They're going to take all of the pensions and the social programs are going to be there to pick up the slack. So you will have to rely fully on the government for your medical, for your food, and most likely for finding a job because of the unemployment uh, here in Illinois, we have IDs, and that is the unemployment agency for the state of Illinois. Well, soon it's going to be you're going to have to go through that agency in order to get a job. So if someone like me and you who are going to inform people, do hunting, do posts on Facebook and on the Internet, if there's no cash around anymore, if everything is plastic and everything is relied on the government, they can cut us off. Well, they just did that in Greece, didn't they? Yes, they did, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't they laugh. They really but just, did. <laughs> they really did 
do that. <laughs> they really yeah. did. They really did. I uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you. Uh, I, I wanted to seriously ask you about these two experts that you you've been following, and and I read the post, but I didn't know the gentlemen's names. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about these two gentlemen that are saying that uh, bad things are going to begin come October first? Do they have any credibility with what they're saying? Well, I'm going to have to say, to be completely honest with you, uh, these guys have been doing a lot of talking for a lot of years. But now, as we're looking at it, the time is right. They have been, uh, I would have to say, though, that Peter Schiff, uh, he has called every seven-year, hint, hint, uh, every seven-year uh, collapse that our market has had, where the printing presses have had the smoke and steam in order to keep up with it, for the government to put out more money in order to keep the government afloat. <laughs> you know, they had to put the money out. Um, I believe uh, uh, seven years ago, it was the real estate market. When that, uh, when the bottom dropped out of that, if you're going to be listening to uh, your regular TV and you're going to be listening to the talking heads, if you're going to be listening to the interviews with CEOs or famous traders that people admire, you got to remember, these guys are salesmen. These guys are saying what they got to say so that they can sell you. So, well, so that they can sell you, so that they can take your money from you. I find it hard to believe that a, uh, a fund that people put their hard earned money into every week or every two weeks when they get paid and they get 5% on it. Well, I have, I've been led to believe that the institution gets 15%, at least 15%. Uh, and people are thrilled with 6% and 7%. Oh, this is fantastic. You know, we're getting this, uh, you know, we're, we're getting this great, these, what, what, mm, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. The people are, thinking that they are gathering uh, wealth when they're not even keeping up with the devaluation of the uh, dollar. And the institutions are put there in, in place so that they can pocket that 15% per customer, that 25%. All of that just rolls into their pockets. And then that debt is used to create more debt. <laughs> the derivatives <laughs> market, you know, it just it just keeps rolling. And oh boy, sometimes it makes me very upset. You know, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, yeah. And it 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 should make you upset. <laughs> that's that's the bottom line, Arthur. It, it should make us upset it really should 
So let me get your take on it, man. I mean, you've been following this for a while. Now, I really liked your posting the other day. You said you'd been following uh, these silver gyrations. You've been studying the uh, silver uh, secula in time with these charts. Um, now, I'm not putting you yeah. on the spot. I'm not acting. I'm not asking you to, uh, you know, perform supernatural miracles here. But how long do you think past Rosh Hashanah? before we really start to see a quake in the currency? Hmm. Well, like I say, I report, I don't preach. And I have said this is the real world, and anything can happen in the real world. And I have been really bad at... uh, calling the highs and the lows with silver. It's a highly manipulated market. Uh, When can we see that silver and gold is going to do a breakout? Well, if there are any silver bugs listening or that are going to be listening to this, in my heart of hearts, Matthew, I'm going to say this. In my heart of hearts, how I feel about it. I think the public is going to be too dumbed down to even know what a silver round is. What one ounce of silver is worth. It will be very remote in parts of the country. <laughs> well, you know, I think people you are said, too dumb. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, but that's exactly the answer I was looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, you should have write down what Arthur just said. You have to remember that these experts are selling you something, but Arthur said something key. He said the market is so manipulated. JP Morgan Chase, they dropped a, a, a thousand shares. Okay, and each of those shares has a hundred ounces of gold, uh, gold or silver in there, and the price goes down. And then when they buy up, they buy it cheap, and then it goes up. <laughs> and they're such they have such mass quantities backing them up. And this is only on paper. Here comes that paper again. They don't physically own it in their vault. Buy it on paper. So nothing ever changes hands. And silver buzz is all about in the hand. If you don't, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. But now back to what I said before is that I believe remote parts of the country will know the value of silver and gold, and they will uh, trade in it amongst themselves, maybe a few outsiders out there that understand it, you know, that understand the value of it. And I do think that it will be made uh, a villain. So the folks that I know on my page that enjoy stacking the shiny stuff and having it at home and having it in saves in their safety deposit boxes, 
buried in their backyards underneath that rock. You know, these you know these guys uh, that have it. I do believe that the government is going to manipulate the people into saying that these hoarders are robbing the people of our country of its wealth. Keep your eye out for anyone who has silver. Keep out anyone that is trading in gold. These people are the bane of the existence of our governments. Perhaps yeah, I get a little bit dramatic. Before. Yeah, but they did it before. They did confiscate gold before. Yes, they did. They did uh, outlaw the shining, and they, uh, I believe it was uh, $20 an ounce at the time. But you got to remember back then, you know, with $20, you could buy a dozen blue jeans and enough food for three weeks. And, you know, that was back yep. uh, then. Yep. And then shortly after that happened, it jumped up to $32. And the financiers and they took their share. <laughs> and they had it all because <laughs> they had confiscated yeah. it from the American people. Yep. And so, even now, even now we hear that someone will find a $20 gold piece or, you know, they'll find a stash that's been buried in the ground. And the government says, Oh, that's ours. It's supposed to be turned in to this day. They, uh, they do that. Anyone that finds a stash has to get a lawyer <laughs> to this day. And that's just, that's just nuts. Yep. That is just nuts. And it is not considered a currency. It is a barbarous metal. That's what was said when uh, 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 Congressman uh, Ron Paul, he asked uh, uh, Jamie Dimon, who was the head of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, he held up a silver circle round, and he says, is this money? And he said, no, it is not money. It's all about the paper and the debt. It's all about that. Look on any of your dollar bills. It says debt on it. And this is... Oh, man. <laughs> mm. Please say something. Well, because I'm just... <laughs> I'm beside myself just with the realization. Every time I say it, I, I just feel that that little bit of panic and that little bit of, I just want to run out there and tell people, people just don't want to listen. They just really don't understand. There's more important things in their life. Like working in jobs and uh, whoever has the biggest butt on TV that's real famous. Well, they're routine. Entertainment. Exactly. They are... They find their security in their routine. Uh, that routine might be getting up and you know on Monday and, and going to work. And uh, every Monday uh, they leave for lunch and go to Starbucks. And on Tuesdays they'll go to McDonald's. It's it's a routine, and they're safe. They're safe in this environment. But mm-hmm. we all have to realize 
that the good Lord is going to catch us all by surprise because that's what he said. So yes, the only ones, Arthur, that's going to listen to you is the ones that are his children. They will listen to you. They will know by the sound of your voice and by what your voice is declaring, and they will act on it. You've got to remember that the Lord is faithful, Arthur. He's told you up front that all the goats are going to be will be caught completely unaware, but he also gives you the assurance that the promises remain. The bride, the ones that are faithful to him, the ones that have washed uh, their robes white, they will know. He will tell them. So you need to keep uh, shouting at the top of your lungs. Do not lose heart. The ones who are supposed to hear are listening to you very intently. And you have to understand this, Arthur, that most of the time, those that are of the bride, they remain very, very quiet. They watch and they pray. They're probably not going to engage you, but they will listen to you at a distance because they know that's what they're supposed to do. So take heart in that. Um, we've come up to the break, and it looks like that uh, it's going to be a shindig indeed, because Jose's been holding too, so <laughs> we're going to have the administrator <laughs> of um, the Portico of Solomon on here with us after the break. Uh, we're going to take a a different type of break uh, this time, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to uh, listen in on the uh, news for the third week of June, uh, from my uh, from my bud over there at the Big Wobble, baby Gary Walton, um, he fell ill uh, for quite some time, and I thought that he had stopped doing uh, the Big Wobble. Uh, so, somebody posted uh, on the social networking site there one of his links, and I'm like, "Whoa, Gary's back in the saddle!" Uh, but we were going to have him on. Uh, an interview back uh, when I was doing the End Time Tribune, uh, but uh, things worked out that he didn't get to come on. So we're going to listen to his uh, weekly news. I strongly suggest that uh, you go give uh, Gary a big uh, kadoos over there. Uh, he's, of course, uh, from the other side of the pond, but good stuff. But I'm really excited because uh, John Gomez has been waiting uh, in the queue as well, but uh, we all know it's – it's uh, it was very, very pertinent for us to uh, listen uh, to what Arthur Monk had to say, and I suggest you get over there to the social networking site and uh, ask him to be your friend because he keeps a sharp eye out and he's keeping a countdown, and that's very important awesome. to the bride. We need to be we we need to be reminded on a daily basis about the Lord, uh, about where our security lies. It doesn't lie in 401ks. It doesn't lie in the stock market. Uh, and he will let us know uh, what we are to do as long as we remain faithful. So um, we're just going to have a big shindig uh, after the break. Uh, I can't wait. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in about 10 minutes. How about that? Profetico, baby. Profetico. Hello and welcome to the big wobble well here's a group of guys who are looking pretty happy with themselves 
John Kerry has reached a deal with Iran to reduce their nuclear capability in exchange for lifting sanctions. In Tehran, Ayatollah Mohammed Ali Movahedi Khamani was demanding Iran trample on America. The next day, an incredible, intricate crop circle suddenly arrived in a field in Oxfordshire, England. The crop circle's location is at a place called the Whispering Knights. The Kingstone and the Whispering Knights, the stones are thought to go back to 3800 and 3500 years BC. The story behind them smacks of intrigue, death, black magic and evil. For more information it's worth a Google search. The crop circle itself is a pentagram, sign of Baphomet and is always using black magic rites. It's linked to the devil. A large crescent moon shape cuts into the pentagram. On the inside there is a pen pentagon with a smaller crescent moon shape inside of it. Faye wrote into the big wobble saying, I know what king country I think of when seeing a pentagon and I know what religion I think of when seeing a crescent moon shape. This all brings to mind the recent deal made with Iran and their nuclear plans. The US USA being the king negotiator. The, the crop circle points to the whispering nights. There is more to this nuclear deal than meets the eye. Nothing good can ever come out of nuclear weapons, particularly in a region of the world that is constant constantly at war. The Colima volcano in Mexico, volcano of fire, began erupting Thursday and has become increasingly active. Ash was reportedly blown five miles into the air. 50 degrees plus Celsius brings another unbearable heat wave to the Persian Gulf. Volcano uptick. Another colossus. Mount Gamalama, North Molucca Islands, rumbles back to life. Yet another heat wave. 104 degrees Fahrenheit expected for parts of Texas and Mexico last week. Alaska wildfire season worst on record so far and there's no end in sight. More than 600 fires have burned millions of acres in the state according to the Alaska Interagency Coordination Center making this year the worst wildfire season so far in Alaska's history. Fires have caused evacuations, highway closure, poor air quality and rail and flight disruptions. More than 350 structures have been damaged. More damning evidence this week that the Gulf Stream is cooling. Globally, May was the warmest ever, but the UK had its coldest May in 20 years. And in March and May, while the rest of the oceans were record warm temperatures, the North Atlantic recorded its coldest temperatures ever for March and May.
Now, if you're watching France 24 from Western Europe, chances are you're boiling. Here in Paris, the temperatures are expected to reach 39 or 40 degrees Celsius today. That's 102 Fahrenheit, and it's even hotter in southwestern France. With a similar heat wave in 2003 that killed thousands of elderly, France is particularly aware of the risks of extreme heat. And temperatures are not expected to drop all week. A magnitude 6.5 northeast of Barbados and a swarm of minor quakes rocked the Caribbean. It's only the fifth major quake of July and the 79th of 2015. As Typhoon Nankar makes landfall in southern Japan, authorities have urged 350,000 people to evacuate their homes. Though downgraded to a tropical storm on Friday, the country's meteorological agency warned of high waves, gales and thunderstorms as it headed north on the main island of Honshu. I have never seen anything of this magnitude. Monster sturgeon fish dying in large numbers in Washington are confusing experts. The massive amounts of rain from Typhoon Nanka have overwhelmed the water pumps at the stricken nuclear plant Fukushima, causing dangerous radioactive materials to wash into the sea. Volte volcano uptick, the Lucen volcano in the Philippines has rumbled back to life. The ash eruption lasting 11 minutes occurred at the Lucen volcano in Sorsolcon Friday afternoon, the Philippine Institute of Volcanology and Seismology said. Chinese authorities seed the clouds to make rain to help put out massive chemical fire. Luckily, no casualties have been reported. It's all about fires this week, isn't it? Fires ripped through Athens suburb and southern peninsula. The fire has been spreading quickly due to high temperatures and strong winds. Firefighters are also battling a smaller forest fire on the outskirts of the capital, Athens. Record temperatures in northwestern Italy have left 140 pensioners dead in just the first 10 days of July, according to data from the environmental agency Arpa Piedmont. A magnitude 7.0 northwest of latter Solomon Islands is the second major quake in two days. It's only the sixth major quake of July and the 81st of 2015. We begin with breaking news as we come on the air on the west tonight. A wildfire burning in San Bernardino County, east of Los Angeles. And take a look at this. Hundreds of acres burning, then jumping the freeway. Cars right there catching fire. Multiple ambulances sent to the scene. Authorities concerned this could be a mass casualty event. Also worry that drivers and passengers could in fact be trapped. ABC's Matt Gupton leading us off tonight. The fire tonight sparking an inferno on the highway. Go, go, people. I can feel the heat. Trucks bursting into flame, at least a dozen cars torched. The brush fire jumped the 15 freeway about 75 miles east of Los Angeles. Four airports in Indonesia were shut on Friday due to an ash cloud from a volcanic eruption in East Java. 
According to the country's flag carrier, Garuda Indonesia, Bali's Denpasar International Airport and three others in Lombok, Jember and Banyuwangi were closed down. Due to Mount Raung eruption, airport closure is only applied for Bali, Lombok, Banyuwangi and Jember. A freak summer snowstorm hits Hawaii's big island. All these heat waves around the globe, but yet it's snowing in Hawaii. A third heat wave to hit Spain, just as the second one begins to fade. The dangerous heat wave continues across parts of southern and eastern US. Temperatures reached 110 degrees Fahrenheit or 43 degrees centigrade. Fleas found with bubonic plague in Colorado. Experts say no reports of infected humans or animals after a man dies and another man and his dog sick just a few miles away. Well, that's experts for you. Okay, well, that's it for this week. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Good stuff. <laughs> Good. I love Gary, man. Just kind of right to the point. Good stuff. Well, we're going to get right back in the saddle here, and it's time for us to uh, uh, bring on our other brothers. Um, let's get uh, John Mark Gomez in the saddle. Uh, John, how you doing, man? You've been you've been waiting for an hour there, but uh, what's up? I'm pretty good. If you can hear me. Oh yeah, I can hear you just fine, man. Um, cool. How's it going, everybody? It's good to have you hey, on, John. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's up? So uh, let's go ahead and bring on, of course, uh, the star of the show. Um, of course, uh, Jose. Uh, he is the administrator of uh, the uh, Portico of Solomon. So what's up, Jose? Um, it's good to see you in the saddle. I wasn't expecting you to come on. How's it going? Going good, Matthew. You guys got me? Yep, I got you just fine, man. Awesome. Yep. Hey, uh, what's going on, guys? Um, yeah, I was just uh, spending a little time with my boys at the park, and then uh, good old Deb sent out the clarion call, so I, I rushed on over here to, to jump on. So, so glad to be with you guys. And good stuff, Arthur. Lots of good info you were talking about. Yeah. Good stuff. And, of course, I hear Zeke in the background, don't I, John? <laughs> that was my nephew, Isaiah. Zeke's watching uh, VeggieTales, I think. All right. Good stuff, man. Good to have. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good to hear the boy's voice. Uh, so we got Ezekiel and an Isaiah. Wow. That's a trip. Yep. Um, was there anything you just wanted to talk about, John? Uh, let's go ahead and discuss whatever you wanted. Uh, I didn't have anything uh, to really discuss, but just, uh, yeah, um, it's true. We, we just, we really have to prepare and uh, we need to, and by prepare, I mean, we need to get our faith up. We need to start trusting in God more than we trust in this oh, money my. system. And we need to put fuel in our lamps. We need to get that oil. And uh, if not, we're going to be really shocked when this dollar crashes and the world comes crashing mm -hmm. down because you're not going to have any hope. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I, 
I agree with that. And it sounds like Isaiah agrees too. <laughs> um, Jose, uh, you know, I've depended on you for so long uh, to <laughs> run the Portico of Solomon and, uh, well, just, just depend on you as a brother for so very long. Um, I want to say that. Uh, you know, uh, Jose's family had some trouble there for a while, a transition, uh, shall we say. And I want everybody to know that uh, Jose is my closest of brothers. Uh, he is not only that, he's my closest of confidants as well. And I really do enjoy the Portico of Solomon more than anything I've ever done. I mean, I love that the most of all, just to get together and let Jose lead. Because, I mean, in my opinion, he does so much of a better job than I do. But um, your thoughts on on everything that Arthur had to say, Jose, um, and uh, this this issue of the rise of the red heifer, why why they would bring this out now, and, and your thoughts on that, please. Well, just to touch on what, what Arthur said, and thank you, Matthew, for those words. Thank you. Um, I mean, when 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 I first started looking into all this stuff, you know, and really started reading my Bible, and then you start to, um, you know, go to the different websites, different Christian websites, you know, different um, prophetic websites, and, and you hear all these, you know, um, danger, 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 here it comes, here it comes, and, and I've been, you know kind of in this cycle for four or five years, Matthew, and so you you learn to ignore those those kind of like those uh those those chickens in the hen house, you know. Um and once you really dial down and start reading the Lord's word, then you can really see what to look for and what to expect and what are the the clear danger signs, what are um you know when when the Lord's going to knock this over. You know He is, and um, I think I made it clear that my hope is in that that this gets knocked over. But it's going to get knocked over in His time, when He's good and ready, um, when things are ready to proceed. That's when He's going to do it. And uh, I remember when you and Brian started doing a few shows a while back, Matthew, and you guys came up with the uh, the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine. And, uh, you know, just kind of forewarning us that maybe we might um, have seven years of plenty before we hit those seven years of famine. And, and I was not very happy with you guys when you guys started to, to bring that forward because I'm ready to get this show on the road, Matthew. You know, uh, I know people are going to suffer and I know that people are not ready and it's going to be a big shock to their system because they put their faith in that stock market. They put their faith in that retirement. Uh, so... You know, it's just it's a it's a a way to get into the word, a way to prepare yourself, a way to understand that that this currency is not real, and that any moment it's going to get pulled away, and that's when we're going to get down to brass tacks. That's when we're going to get down to to what really matters. And the Lord's told you all along what matters: um, the 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 beatitudes and the Ten Commandments. You follow that, and it doesn't matter what what's going on with the systems of this world. Um, the Lord's going to take care of you. He's going to have you there for His purpose, and that's what you're going to do regardless of how much you have in the bank account or how hungry you are. So I, I really hope that people take that to heart, and I really hope that they um, 
understand that as they read their words. I mean, just the Lord has nothing but bad things to say about currency, and He tells you what 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 really counts in His kingdom. So, those are just some thoughts on that right there, Matthew. As far as the red heifer, well, um, once again, you you go back to to a lot of these uh, crusader websites. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that third temple to be built. Um, but I know, and, and the, most of the listeners should also know, what Ezekiel's temple really is, what that's all about. And even though you understand that there's people trying to build a physical temple, uh, you understand that's not the temple you're waiting on. So when you start to see these articles about the Red Heifer, about steps they're taking uh, you know it's just all part of the timeline you know it's all things that we should investigate because they're going to show us stuff um, but keep in mind what, what the real temple is that that body of christ that he is building and that you're you're also supposed to participate um, by going out there and demonstrating the ten commandments and the attitudes and boy matthew when uh, uh who was it was it keith that posted that picture from that video, uh, that just rocked my world when I saw that. That was the amazing that he caught Yeah, well, you've become quite the riddler. I would say that you rival me. Uh, and, I, and ladies and gentlemen, think about that. I have been riddling my whole time, okay? Uh, I, I have been delving into the Bible source code my whole life. And lo and behold, along comes Jose, and uh, Jose, be, be perfectly honest with the listeners. How long have you really been diving into the Scripture, looking at the alphanumerical uh, properties of it? Uh, you've actually uh, chosen uh, to believe both the Hebrew and the Greek, and oh my goodness, that's heresy anyway. I mean… Everybody knows you're only supposed to read the Masoretic for the Old Testament and the Greek for the New Testament, even though the Septuagint is plainly quoted in the New Testament. But uh, how long have you been down this road? Now, now be honest with us. Well, Matthew, I'd say it's, it's really only been three years. Um, and then that first year was really just knowing that it's true, knowing that you could calculate things and, and having an idea of what that meant. But the real understanding has really only taken place in the last two years, where you know what to look for. So as you as you calculate and you riddle, you know where it's going to point. And so when you see it, you're like, okay, that's that's what it's talking about. That's what it means. It's just, and it's just all it is. It's just verifying what you already know, Matthew. Um, I know that the calculations you do pinpoint much more accurately on the timeline where we're at and and you know you can you can look back and bridle history and correlate the things and i'm not there yet but i know that when i when i start to riddle i know what to look for and i know i'm going to find it so really in the last two years has really opened my eyes Matthew. well that's that's amazing so so you're 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 pretty much in my ballpark and that that just that just ain't right. I mean, I 
I mean, I, I, I understand, you know, uh, the Lord talking about, you know, the, the workers that worked all day and then the guys that showed up, you know, at like an hour before before time to quit and they got paid just as much. I, I, I'm, I, I know what they're feeling right there. I mean, uh, two years compared to decades. Oh, that don't make no sense. The Holy Spirit is good, is he not? Uh, it is amazing uh, how he's so very pleased to do that because I don't – I can't comprehend that. I mean I look over my entire life and I scratch my head like, well, Jose can do it. That's that's physic- That's mentally impossible, yet uh, with him all things are possible. And it's, uh, it's both frustrating, I will say that. <laughs> But it's also very, very, very encouraging. It makes me so happy. Uh, you know, I loved it when uh, we was at the other house and we were doing videos. And ladies and gentlemen, I've completely demoed my house. As soon as I get a place to do video, me and Jose are going to continue uh, doing videos there on uh, on uh, Google Hangouts. Uh, we're going to get back to that as soon as possible. But you have to understand that um, I still, well, I've got, uh, a floor to do yet. I don't have trim up in the living room or the dining room yet, or my bedroom. Don't have trim in it. I don't have. Look, I don't. I don't have the basement done. I'm kind of working on everything. And as soon as, as soon as I have a, a place to broadcast from, uh, me and Jose is going to get right back into that because it's so very important. But Jose said something that was key, critical to what Arthur had said. This. Let us take a look at it like this, and, and I know I've said this before, but let's remind ourselves that the Bible most certainly is words. It is. But behind the words are no Arabic numerals. It's because it's an alphanumerical language, both the Hebrew and the Greek. So the words have value, exactly what Arthur was talking about. He was saying that the currency that we use, the paper, it's fiat, and it has no value behind it because it's not backed up with a commodity that has value, whether it be uh, – you know, it don't have to be silver and gold. It could be copper. It could be uh, – uh, by all means, it could be food like uh, uh, beef. Uh, it could be wheat. I mean this country has tons and tons and tons of wheat that everybody absolutely needs, uh, uh, but anything will do. Do you understand? And what Arthur was trying to say was that the currency has nothing backing it up, nothing, nothing. It has no value. So if the bibliodiciacy was not done this way, don't you understand that prophetically speaking, the words would not have any values assigned to them, and that's the way it is. I know that's that's a pretty large concept to understand, but this is the way the Word of God is. And it's absolutely amazing not to look at and to appreciate. And I don't like doing anything else. Uh, I know my sons uh, get frustrated that we with me a lot because, uh, especially uh, Levi, he, he, he likes talking with his daddy, and he's very proud of his daddy, and he likes being around his daddy. And when Daddy's in his Bible, you don't bother Daddy. Even Mommy don't. I mean, I will become irate if I'm in the middle of a thought and and 
I'm enjoying my father and then have my son interrupt me, it, it don't go well. It doesn't go well. I get mad. I don't like to be interrupted. I like my time alone with God. I really do. <laughs> I like it more than anything. So um, you you have to realize that the words also have values uh, that can take you places, and it's just a different set of data. Uh, but it all says the same thing, and it always goes the same way. And, and when I took a look at that, uh, that video and 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 you know thank the good lord uh for Keith Daly I didn't see this I was out in left field I to be perfectly honest with everybody I was in the book of lamentations and I got this note or this message cuz I keep you know flipping over to make sure because a lot of people send me questions and 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 prayer requests and a lot of times I'll just sit there with a notepad because everybody knows how it can be uh, when the ladies get involved. I mean, I might have 10 different prayer requests within 45 minutes, so I have to scroll up, scroll up, and write it down, write it down, and keep praying, and they don't realize that I'm studying the Bible, uh, you know, and I have to keep track of my brothers and sisters because the Lord uh, has declared that to have more value. Uh, that is more valuable to him uh, than what, what I'm doing because he knows that I know full well uh, what lamentation says, and I, and I know where it's going, and he knows that I know all that already. So I really don't need to have time to just sit down and enjoy it. There's no reason for that. So uh, I'm well aware of the simple fact that I have to keep track of the many prayer requests that I get. Uh, you know, I I have to keep track of that. So uh, everybody, please try to to understand uh, that. He holds you in such high value. Uh, you might think that you know you're you're just a dishwasher at the restaurant. No, that's a lie. Uh, you are not fiat in the eyes of the Lord your God. Matter of fact, you're the only thing that has faith. Look up and wonder after His heavens. Look at the Milky Way if you can. I mean, I know a lot of you can't because you're inside the city, but. Ladies and gentlemen, if you get out in the boondocks and look up, that cloud that you see, that's the Milky Way. That's the Milky Way cloud. That's a bow. That is the bow in the heavens assigned to it, a promise unto you. Uh, so uh, please know and understand that that great Milky Way and all the stars, it's worthless in his eyes compared to you. And that's the fact. You're what has... Uh, value in the kingdom it's 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 not the stuff or what you do or your you know what kind of car you drive it's got nothing to do with that and if you remember these things uh, and if you hold to both the law and to the testimony which is what what is that it is the ten commandments that's the law what's the testimony how do people know you're a christian ladies and gentlemen it's how you treat them. It's the Beatitudes. That's your testimony. If you hold to the Beatitudes, that is the testimony to the world that you are exactly who you say you are. Go ahead. Did you say something, John? No, that wasn't me. Well, maybe that was Arthur. Was was that Arthur? Did you say oh, something, Arthur? Oh, uh, there may have been a video uh, popped up. Sorry. 
I was listening intently to you. I was listening intently to you. Well, sometimes uh, the the Lord knows when to shut me up. Um, hey, John, why don't you jump <laughs> in here and and, and uh, give us your thoughts on that? Uh, I must have been rambling on too long. Uh, but uh, John, you've been trying here of late, and and you've had pretty big difficulties here lately with your job, and yet. Did not the Lord step right in in the nick of time and make sure everything was all right? Uh, yeah, he did. He always does. Uh, honestly, after um, reading my word and um, after listening to you a lot of the times, I've learned to really, like Jose was saying, to believe it. And I don't know if you heard my nephew Isaiah. He just came up to me. Uh, didn't interrupt, but he just said, I love Jesus. So that's awesome. But, um, yeah, I've learned to believe it, and everything that I see in there, it's real. It's so like, oh, I don't understand it. It's real. There's nothing to understand. It's what my father told me. It's what I live by. I don't need to try and, I don't need to try and figure things out like most, oh, I don't, I don't get this. What does this mean? He said it. I believe it. I'm going to do it. And I have to have faith. I trust that he will provide something better for me as he always does for his children. I want to do my best in order to, uh, you know, just please him. I want to help others in order to know why he loves us as much as he does. He loves us with an unending love that we can't even understand. The only way you can possibly understand is by having a child and knowing how much you love that child. And, uh, that's good, Isaiah. I'm glad you love God. <laughs> um, yeah, we. that's the only way we'll have a glimpse at the way God loves us, is just by having your child and knowing that no matter what this child does, I will still love them. I will still always turn back to them and forgive them as no matter how many times they turn back. I'm going to try and guide them to the best of my ability, and hopefully they will listen. But like others, like the rebellious they don't want to listen. They just want to ignore their father who who created them. And um, just like the rebellious children, they're going to do what they want to do, but they're going to get in trouble eventually. It's going to come back to, the, to bite them in the butt. But, um, yeah, I lost my job a while ago, and uh, I was praying. I, I didn't worry. You know, the bills came, and, I, I mean, it could I could have stressed out, but I trusted the Lord that, he would provide and I just started looking. I started looking for a job and uh, I just asked for prayer and sure enough, I got a job that I could not be happier with. It's the same similar um, type of work, but you know, I'm not making a lot. I'm just, you know, it's just a job, but uh, I love it. It's, it's awesome. I, I cannot be more grateful for the Lord and he provides for everything. He gives me the energy to get up and go to work and, you know, that's, I'm just waiting for him to come back. That's that's all I'm waiting for. Um, this is just a way to pass the time. <laughs> Amen. It's a way to pass the time, baby. Pass the time. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, Jose, uh, my son's having some trouble listening in. So, uh, Jose, can you take over for a minute while I go try to get Aaron so he can listen to the show? Yep, absolutely. All right, take over. So, now. I guess... All right, cool. Um, I guess I can, we, I can kind of go into a little bit of what uh, Matthew was talking about. We're riddling here this little video that they brought forth, that the Temple Institute brought forth, about the, the red heifer. 
and I know Matthew did a show about that uh, earlier in the week. Now, if if folks will pull up this video, um, I'm not sure what the what the the title is, but it was a big to do that they were going to release some important news on on July 12th, and they came out with this video here of, of that they were going to try to find the red heifer. Now. You know, you just go into your Bible, a bit of reading on the red heifer, listen to that show that Matthew posted, and you'll get a very good understanding of what the, what function the red heifer served, okay? It was to clean uh, items of the temple, okay? So we know that's was that physical function. So now we need to think spiritually. What did the Lord tell us? He's building his own temple. That's what he's building. So as you see these signs about the physical temple they're trying to build, know what it means prophetically, spiritually, the real temple that the Lord's gonna gonna build, um, that Christ told us about. His body, okay. So in this video at about the one fifty two mark, it's a series of numbers and a series of symbols by another series of numbers. So the first thing that stood out to me, of course, was the, the time the time frame on the video that this occurred at the 152 mark, um, right next to that 153 mark that you can read in your Bible about the 153 fish. And if you understand um, who that's talking about. Now, when you see these symbols, you know, it's brought to mind that they're the symbols for the for male and female. Um, if folks are seeing these little signs with a circle with an arrow pointing or, or a circle with the cross. And so the symbols, the first thing I did was to look up to verify that what I was seeing was right. So uh, Amy did a real good post on this where she was those symbols meaning. And she said that the first symbol stood for the male the male the circle with the arrow pointing about uh, 2 o'clock. That male symbol also stands for iron and is also the symbol for Mars. The next symbol is the female symbol, the circle with the cross uh, underneath uh, at 6 o'clock. And that also stands for copper, and it stands for the planet Venus. And it's followed by another male symbol. Okay, So, of course... If we've listened to what the Lord's told us, and if we're thinking prophetically, and if we're thinking biblically, you're going to look for a male, a female, and a male. And and you know, if you've listened to, to the shows in the prophetical, you've listened to what to what Matthew's taught on, you know what that means. And the easiest way I can describe it is by reading Revelation chapter 12. We're told about the male child that goes with the father. We're told about the woman that flees into the wilderness. And then we're told about the rest of her children, the brothers of that male child, who have to contend with the dragon and the beast. Okay, so right away, you're, you're being shown here what's, what they're really talking about or what they're riddling. Um, I, when I start riddling, when I start looking into these things, I always I have boundaries established. Stay within what I know. I know what the Lord's told me, and I don't go past that. Real easy when you're riddling to start coming up with a bunch of conjecture 
and, and you know, connecting things that don't connect, seeing the shadow instead of seeing the silhouette, this type of thing. So you stay within your boundaries. You, you know what's true. You know what the Lord has told you. You believe it. You stick by that, okay? So I know that this is speaking about those three entities that you see in Revelation chapter 12. So let me read the first set of numbers as they're on the left-hand side of this picture. It's 746, 827, and then 966. And then you have the symbols in the middle column. And on the right-hand column, you have 10.10, 6.3, and 4.4 uh, going down. So I know folks have heard what Matthew has said about the 10.10. Matter of fact, I think he mentioned it in, in the last episode on the Red Heifer, and we've discussed it plenty of times on the Portico of Solomon. But just for a refresher for those that, that don't know, the 1010, the two years, and a birth cycle. So each a year is 365 days, times two gives you 730. You add in a birth cycle, that's 280 days, and that gets you to the 1010. Okay, and then you can, you know, use those numbers and, and add to them, and you come out with lots of other significant uh, numbers that you that we find in the Bible. So, here I see these three symbols: the male, female, male, and then I see the number ten, ten, and I don't, I know right, I know what I'm for, and and that's where I began my once I saw those those symbols and, and that number there. Um, Arthur, I don't know if you're still on. Um, when I when I when I say this to you, I'm not sure how much you've gotten into riddling the Bible the way Matthew does. But does this make sense? That what I first saw and what my approach was in in, in riddling, um, you know, these things that were shown on this video. We got you on, Arthur. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm looking at the video. No, I was not aware of any of this. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, nothing at all. And I did not, unfortunately, I did not hear the last episode with uh, Matthew Miller okay. on there. Um, right, right. Yeah, and like I said, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of got scared off from professing my faith on Facebook and I right. just stuck strictly with, uh, follow the money. Amen. So no, I am. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's no, fine. That's I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to see if my logic is making any sense that I'm going through. And I know, you know, it's, it's, there's a million things firing off my head as I, as I'm seeing this, this picture here. So, you know, I'm just trying to help people in the process so they can they can, you know, start to be start to riddle on their own and start to, to help help see what the Lord is showing them. So Matthew, go ahead. Yeah. Uh no 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 reason to uh apologize there, Arthur. Uh most Christians are, are just like yourself and, and like I said, I wanted to point it out very plainly to everybody. Uh, that mm -hmm. Arthur is doing a very uh, good job doing what he can do, and he is quite right. Uh, remember, 
ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Arthur is fulfilling the will of the Lord. Do you not remember the Lord saying this? There would come a time when we would have to become as innocent as doves and as shrewd as snakes. That's exactly what Arthur is doing, and he's doing it very well, and he's helping us all out. A lot of the information that I pass on is from either directly or indirectly uh, from Arthur. So there's no need to apologize, Arthur. There's there's no reason for that. And you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you're doing a very good job of it. But uh, <laughs> I, I uh, you saying. Do you need, yeah, it, no, it's it's all right. I do want to say this. I do want to apologize, everybody. Uh, I tried to get my son back on, but I guess uh, a BTR is wanting to play just Spanish guitar for us. Uh, I tried two different browsers. I tried refreshing. So um, this is recording, so um, it will be in the archive, everybody. So uh, you're still going to listen to it because the last show that me and Aaron did, I think it's at 17,000 or something like that. So don't worry. Uh, it'll be here in the archive. Um, so uh, I just now got back on, Jose. I, I heard you pose uh, the question to Arthur, but I did not hear the contents uh, of what you say, could you reiterate it uh, for me for just a second? Oh. If you would, yeah, please. I was just describing th this picture, the same picture that that, that you went over uh, in the last episode, um, and how I saw the the symbol for the male, the symbol for the female, and the symbol for the male. Uh, immediately knowing where that's going to take me in the Bible, um, Revelation chapter twelve, and then seeing the ten ten and see the significance of the ten ten, and so that's. You know, once I saw that, I knew what well, I knew what to look for, and I knew what I would find as you as you know we would riddle these numbers. So that's that's pretty much where we're at. And I was just just asking Arthur if I was making any sense <laughs> what I was going over here. You know, because uh, if you haven't you know looked into that kind of thing, it, it can be a, a little confusing at times. Yeah, and no, I didn't. And and yes, I was very confused. <laughs> Well, um, yeah. Well, it it can be a, a whole lot confusing. Uh, there's 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 no doubt to that, especially uh, to those people that have just been to Sunday school. It can be uh, very uh, confusing whenever you mention uh, Revelation uh, chapter twelve. But why don't I just go ahead and read it? It's very short, uh, Arthur, and we can just talk about it. It's just seventeen verses, um, but they're very important and. What Jose was talking about there was there's two sets of children mentioned, mm -hmm. okay? And so listen for the woman. That's going to be pretty easy. And then one of the male symbols he was talking about, that's going to be pretty easy too. The Bible comes right out and tells you about it. But then it's going to mention another group, and they're very important as well. Uh, so just, just listen, Arthur, and you'll you'll hear it. Uh, what version would you like me to read out of? Do you want me to do the King James Version or New American Standard? Is that better for you? What would you like me to read out of? Uh, New American Standard. I'll be able to follow okay. that. All right. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it it is a lot easier to follow. All right. Revelation mm -hmm. chapter 12, verse 1. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor, pain to give birth. 
Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. And on his heads were seven diadems, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven, and threw them to earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nation with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and before his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that, so that there she would be nourished for 1,260 days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels raging war. The dragon, the, the dragon and his angels waged war. And they were not strong enough. And there was no longer found a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who's called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. The accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. They overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. They did not love their life even when faced with death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. And the serpent poured out water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon had poured out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments in God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So right there, Arthur, we, we obviously get the one male sign there with the child, but the other male sign is, it comes right there in the last verse, the rest of her children whom the dragon goes uh, outside of the place that has been prepared for her because he's not allowed to go there. Um, it goes out to persecute those that are outside of this place that has been prepared for the woman. So that's what he was talking about. And after you've been in the Bible uh, for so long, you're going to come across this story, Arthur, uh, literally all the time. It's there literally all the time, the uh, the tale of the twins. Uh, but it's it's amazing to to look at, at at just that photograph and some of the things that are you know rapidly building up to this you know I, I want to say this ladies and gentlemen I, if you did listen to that last episode I could have put in about four times as much as I did but it's pretty important enough that you get this information that they're in the Septuagint it states right out in the open that uh, the birth of a red heifer would come in conjunction 
with the sign of the yoke. That's Libra, literally. The constellation Libra is literally in the verse. It's right there in the verse. So when you know that, you realize what's going on, and I showed everybody what happened, uh, what was going on, of course. Uh, Saturn was in Libra when they made this announcement, and they picked that day for a very particular reason. There's a purpose behind what they're doing. But you need to understand this, that uh, this is just one of the many triggers for war. Because, ladies and gentlemen, don't, don't be mistaken that if a red heifer is born, of course the enemies of Israel will try to uh, slaughter that heifer. So we need to think about real terrorism, because whoever is trying to do this, they're going to be targeted. By the enemies of Israel. But what concerns me more uh, in this same window of time, I mean, does, does everybody not realize that we just signed a deal with Iran, right? And yes, we did. It, yes, we did. It, it's official. They come out and said, uh, Kerry said, that if Israel attacks Iran, we will defend Iran. Now look, just go back in history. Um, just study your history. Uh, Israel's not going to let that happen. Does everybody remember uh, when uh, Iraq uh, was building the super gun? I remember it quite clearly. Um, it was in ground, and it was a howitzer. But this howitzer, of course, the enormous tube, I mean, everybody's seen a battleship, right? Well, this gun that they were working on Okay, was on the order of five times that magnitude. It was so large they had it in the ground. And of course, the engineer who was designing it was assassinated by the Mossad. This has happened so many times; it's it's ridiculous. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the 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 state of Israel is not going to allow uh, any country that's in a weapons range of her. Uh, to acquire weapons of mass destruction. Ain't going to happen. Uh, the whole purpose for that weapon being built, it was pointed straight at Jerusalem. That purpose, you could not alter its trajectory. It didn't have a tube that uh, was on a turret. It was underground. It was literally built underground. And uh, the Israelis took care of the problem. And everybody knows this. Um, it's been in the news how many times that if if Iran had got anywhere near the capability of building a, nu a nuclear weapon, uh, Israel would just do an airstrike and bomb it. Okay, that's common knowledge. Ask anybody, they will tell you. So now the devil has his due, ladies and gentlemen, and I hate to tell you, but your fiat currency is being used right now to arm the Prince of Persia's district with nuclear weapons. And if you don't think that Israel's not going to answer it, you've got another thing coming. Now, this is in the news. This is in the news. This is a statement that has been published. Okay, this, is public. this came out in the news. Okay, in Israel, not not American news, okay? But this was published July 23rd, okay? 
I'm going to read you the first sentence. U.S. National Security Advisor Susan Rice on Wednesday acknowledged the existence of so-called side agreements between Iran and the International Atomic Energy Agency. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, please go buy yourself a clue. The only singular reason why Iran, or let's just call it what they call it, ladies and gentlemen, it's not Iran. Go ask them. They'll tell you we're Persians, you idiot. Just because you changed our name doesn't mean anything. They they call themselves Persian, okay? The Persians, okay? They only singularly want a nuclear weapon for one thing, and that's to give it to the quids force. Has everybody forgotten that 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 video that we did? What is quids force? That's the Jerusalem force. Does that not bother anybody that this is plainly in the news? And these are just two war-biting trigger events we're looking at, just two. Make, make no mistakes about it. Nothing has more value. Nothing has more value in God's creation to the orthodox rabbinical community than that red heifer. I hope everybody realizes that there's only been seven of them throughout the course of history. Just seven. They know it's a mute point to build a new temple. It's it's a mute point without the red heifer. It's it's a mute point. You cannot cleanse what is unclean without it. So you talk about triggering events. Um, I assure you <laughs> that if they did acquire a red heifer and it was killed, we'd be a world at war. Because you think that the Jews value the things that you value. They do not. They don't. They value only things that is real. And I've said this till I'm blue in the face. Like your wedding rings, ladies and gentlemen, that was cut by an Orthodox rabbi in the city of New York. You can only get that grade of cut diamonds from the rabbis because they're the ones that know what has true value. It's diamonds, it's silver, it's gold, it's copper, it's oil. Because that, they will call you stupid. They will call you stupid. If you say that something God didn't make has value, that's, that's stupid to them. They know that the only things that have value is God himself was made. So that's stuff that people can't make. Let me say it one more time. It's fish. It's diamonds. It's palladium. It's iridium. Uh, it's helium. It's weak. Only God produces true wealth, ladies and gentlemen, and only the Jews remember this. Everybody else is running around, living their life and basing their security off of a fantasy. Arthur clearly explained this to you people. Ladies, your money's trash. It's just paper. It don't have no value. 
silver has value. This gold has value. This is very true. This is very true. And I, to be quite frankly, you know, I said I am on a path. I am on a search uh, as of recently is where does God come into all this? And you, sir, have just opened my eyes even wider now. Only the real, well, tangible things. Hey, hey Matthew, um, right. it's going to go into archive right now. Oh, we are? Yeah. I forgot the little... Uh, all right. Well, um... Okay. Jose, did you... Did you want to stay in archive with me? Uh, yeah, I can... I can go for a bit. That's good. All right. Well, we'll stay on for a bit more, uh, I guess. Uh, all right. Um, you over. Arthur, thank you for. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're off the air as of now. Uh, so okay. it was a pleasure having you on, Arthur. Uh, it really was. Thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate well, it. Thank you very much. It was a thrill, and uh, I was pretty darn nervous. I appreciate your patience with me. Well, bye you're bye. welcome. And yeah. all right, bye bye. Okay, bye. John, do we still have you? Yes, sir. I'm still here. Cool. Uh, it looks like Jose dropped. Um, but I don't like that that answer. I don't like that answer. Um, let me see if I can add him real quick, okay? All right. Of course, Jose is very faithful. I'm sure that we can add him. Hey, I'm here, Matthew. Hey, and you got me, John? Yeah, we yep, still got John. Still good. I, I still hear Isaiah. All right, guys, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, Jose, you, you dropped, so, you know, we're, right. we're used to that. I just added you to Skype. Uh, but I did want to say this. Everybody still with us. I really am sorry. I don't know why BTR is just playing Spanish uh, guitar. I mean, it's pretty music, but I, I don't know what's going on. Um, but anyway, uh, it's good to be here with my brothers. It, it it really is. I really do enjoy them both. Um, it's uh, It was good to have uh, Arthur on, and uh, he is a very big blessing. Uh, he really is, even though he don't yet quite comprehend uh, the part that he's playing. But that's always the truth, isn't it, Jose? Well, it, I mean, that, that's what we're told, right? We're a body. Uh, and and each, each part of the body has served a different function. I mean, if we would just believe that, you know, then we'd understand uh, what, what the Lord's doing here, you know? Exactly. Um, was it you and I that did a show on... Quid's Force, or was that me and Bry? I thought it was me and you. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think that was you. Um, when when you did it, I wasn't available. But oh. uh, but but um, you know, we we talk about it, and we've been sharing notes back and forth. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. We've been sharing stuff back and forth about it, and I hope everybody realizes what's going on with this Iranian deal. They they really don't realize, do they? That. We've come out and said, I mean, our secretaries come out and said that we would actually defend Iran against Israel if Israel decided to take out those nukes plants with 
How is it that we sign this deal and they don't have to allow inspections? I mean, I don't understand that. Does anybody understand that? Well, if you consider all the consternation, Matthew, that we went through just trying to get ex inspections, you know, a few years back to, to all of a sudden capitulate like this, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it does not. And then to come out and to threaten our only ally in the region, um, it's just telling you that you're getting the full story of what's going on behind the scenes. There's, there's machinations and they're moving chess pieces around and they're, they're trying to corner uh, Israel. That's right. I they see really the treacherous are. being treacherous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Bible is always correct, is it not? Uh, we should have expected yep. this. What, what really blew me away, and I know I've really hesitated talking about the numbers in that, that video. Um, I've only mentioned the first line. I haven't really touched the second or third lines. But like I said about the uh, Mercury transit, I know exactly what they're pointing to because I've told you all about it before. It's just that I give you information over a lot of time so your mind can process it because I can overwhelm your mind like how I open the show. Ladies and gentlemen, the name Apollos is right there in the first church mentioned in Revelation. What the Lord is saying is, is that uh, Hermes would be given, all right, Apollos. What he was saying was that when we go back to the days of Noah, of course, Mercury will be both a morning and evening star all the time because we will be on a zero degree axis. That's what the Bible, that's what the Adidorogia literally says. It's Apollos right there. Please look at it. And that's the way it's always been. <laughs> like I said, just get uh, the Greek version of the Mercury Planet page and then translate it if you can. It comes right out and tells you. And you're going to get very mad because then you're going to realize, just like my son did, that the English version and the Greek version of Wikipedia is not even remotely the same. It's not even remotely the same. You're not supposed to know that Mercury has two names, an evening name and a morning name, just like Venus does. You're not supposed to know that because it's right there in Revelation. Um, so I, I know a lot of what I say is very overwhelming, and that probably overwhelmed a lot of people when I said that, that, hey, by the way, 200 <laughs> – please look at it yourself. That Mercury transit is very important. I'm not joking with you. It is. And in the broader picture, uh, a lot of people get very scared whenever I say something like that. And, and it's very hard for me to work with people in different countries, ladies and gentlemen. It, it takes me a lot of time to translate what their questions are and, and then try to explain to them back into their own language. I can't send them the message in English. So you have to realize that I have to limit you know, what I say as if teaching a child. That's what I've been ordered to do. All right? I can't literally take uh, the Bible source code and dump it on these people's head and say, no, 
There's no such thing as this. Yeah, that's fantasy. No, that's not even in the Bible. It's not even remotely in the Bible. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, these are the children of the promise. Uh, these are the sons of disobedience. That's what huros is. It's not, it's not technon, okay? And, and on and on and on and on and on I can go. So I can overwhelm uh, people. But looking uh, at the second and third lines, um, you, you should readily understand uh, right off the bat that this has to do with time. <laughs> and when you just look at the Bible source code, I mean, I could point out several things here, several different layers to the messages here. But let me uh, ask you, Jose, did you look at 827? Did you look at that at all? No, nope, Matthew, the only one I've looked at is 746. All right. That's perfect. You stayed on that first line, and I had an inkly. That's exactly what you did, and I was right. Why don't you tell us about that number? Uh, biblically speaking, I mean, uh, you, can, you can share, uh, you know, the physical information, uh, whether it be, you know, um, electromagnetism or whatever, but I would rather today uh, – what do you see biblically when you see that alphanumerical uh, integer there, 746? Right. Well, I mean, I've already saw the 1010, and I saw that male child right there on that first line. So I knew where 746 was going to take me. So when I looked up 746, the first uh, word that I came up to, um, in the Strongs it says H8034, Shem, name uh, in English, and of course, we just did a show on Shem, so of course, that caught my eye, Matthew. That's the first one I jumped on, uh, but that spelling that calculates the 746 actually says Shemot, so I looked that up, and let me just go. I, I, I picked out a few key verses, and, and I'll read these for us. Uh, Numbers 343, and all the firstborn males rehearsed by name from a month old and above, according to their number, were two and twenty thousand, two hundred seventy and three. Psalm 147, verse 4, He counteth the number of the stars, and calleth them all by their name. And then the last one I pointed out, and of course, there's a lot more verses that have this, this word, but I'm just picked out a few. Ezekiel 36, verse 3. Therefore prophesy and say, they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, that you might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen. And you are come unto the lips and tongues of men and unto the reproach of the people. Now, if folks have heard, you know, any of our previous Portico of Solomon shows, uh, you should understand that the first two verses I read were directly talking about the 144,000, directly talking about the stars in heaven um, that the Lord recounts in Genesis 22. Uh, he points those to being those 144,000 that he's going to call up, that male child that he's going to take with him. So that's pretty obvious. Uh, Ezekiel 36 kind of riddles it a little bit more, but it's talking about the same thing, Matthew. Um, I think there's a, there's a judgment against uh, Edomia there in Ezekiel 36. So 
we know that brings us right back to the Pagorobadaya, and it just goes on and on and on, Matthew, uh, the Lord repeating himself. Um, but I want to add one more thing before you jump on here. Uh, when Amy saw those, uh, Amy's study group here, saw those, those verses and saw that word, Shemot, what she immediately pointed out is the Sefer Shemot, which is the Hebrew word, the Hebrew name for the book of Exodus. And of course, I, I had totally slipped my mind that the Hebrews uh, name their books differently than we do uh, in the Greek or in the English. So, uh, of course, that name comes from the first word that's in the book of Exodus, Shemot. And we all know what the book of Exodus is about. That, that's, been the, that's been the easiest way for me to explain to those people that, that don't have a clear understanding what is to come. Using the book of Exodus and, and showing how that how the Lord is telling us what is to come by reading the book of Exodus. So that was just the perfect place for uh, Amy to end up at. Well, it, it was the perfect place, but I'm surprised you didn't point out Revelation 21. Um, uh, I've, I've got to mention this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in the Hebrew Bible source code there, uh, it's, well, both times, uh, there, it's in verse 12 and 14, um, when it says names here, that's Shemot, that is 746. And what is the purpose of them wanting to breed the red heifer? The, the articles come right out and tell you. It, the only purpose, the only reason why they want it is for to build the new temple. Now, remember, I'm going to have to read a few verses before because you have to understand that this is after the millennial reign of Christ. Now, during the millennial reign of Christ, who is with God in heaven, Jose? Who is that? After the reign of Christ? Well, or during, during, the reign, during the reign of Christ? During the reign uh, of Christ. Right, the 144,000 are with the Lord. That's right. That third of the stars that were knocked out. That's right. They're, uh, like the book of Obadiah says, they ascend Mount Zion. They're up there with him. So this is after the millennial reign. So when this new Jerusalem is coming down, the only occupants in that superstructure, if you want to look at it physically, is God, the Father, and 144,000 male children. Okay, And this is what it says. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like very costly stone, a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great high wall and twelve gates, and the twelve gates, twelve angels, and the names, that's it right there, 746, were written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. And in verse 14, uh, it, it basically says the exact same thing and puts it a different way, but that was the word right there, okay? Verse 13, uh, there were three gates on the east and three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were 12 names, there it is again, Shemot, 746, of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. I'm gone. So there you get it, both barrels right in the chest, ladies and gentlemen, and that's the purpose of them breeding this red heifer. And when I seen 746, 
I went stone cold. I knew exactly what they were trying to proclaim to the whole world. And you have to realize there, okay, that what does it reference her by gender? Okay? Did you notice that it said her there? Her was there once. It said her brilliance. Brilliance. So when you take a look at this uh, in the Adido Regia, uh, it becomes astronomical what they've done here. Uh, and let me make myself perfectly clear, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me make myself perfectly clear. These are not good people. You think they're good people. They're not. You have to understand the reason why they did this when Saturn was in the yoke, the sign of the yoke, remember. Uh, Libra it is not Italian. It never was. Okay, please look it up. It never was. Look at the Greek. Uh, it is uh, the balance beam. That balance beam is used for two things. It's, it, it's used as a yoke on two oxen. It balances the load between them as they pull of the plow or the cart, and it's used for scales. It's really beam. That's what the word really is, is beam. So the reason why they did this is because they know full well, ladies and gentlemen, that God really doesn't want to hear what they have to say. So I've said this a thousand times. The only reason why they get into Kabbalah is because they're trying to get a message to the Father via a different means. They know that the Lord their God is not going to listen to a word they say until Messiah comes. They know it's going to happen exactly like it did to Joseph in Egypt. You better get it through your thick skull right now. That what we're going through on a most grandiose scale is this. The family of Joseph could not eat. They were going to starve to death. They were going to die unless they got to their brother's good graces in the land of Pharaoh. They know this. It's Christians that don't know it. So they know full well that they can cry and cry and cry all they want to, and things will happen to them like happened in 1492. Uh, the same thing will happen to them what happened in the Holocaust. Uh, they know this, just ask them, because their prayers are not getting to heaven because they're iniquities. Because the Lord their God comes right out and tells them, uh, your prayers have become you know, a stench, your sacrifices are a stench. Okay, so they know uh, that until they get... Um, their Messiah, they have to try via different means, which number one is the Kabbalah. Using the pyramid scheme, which is the system of angelic uh, entities that's been set up over you, which is ran by Satan, you don't have to like it. But that's where we're at right now. Now, I'm sorry if you reject what the Bible says, but he is the prince of this place. It is under his control. Okay, if you don't believe it, just please read when Jesus was tempted, okay? Because Jesus did not argue with the prince of this world. He knew who had the authority, and he acted accordingly, okay? So you have to realize that they're trying to get a message to God outside of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, with which whom they have rejected, but remember, 
This serves a purpose in the grandiose scheme. We have the promise that one day the sons of Zadok will realize who it is they have pierced, and they will mourn it, and then they'll run around and put his name and his father's name on all their utensils, on everything. They will mark everything with his name. So this serves a purpose. And you have to understand this, that um, certain measures would be circumvented prophetically. And God's not a liar. So when God says that there's coming a time when you'll be given a pure language, you have to really understand the marvels of just the Hebrew language. It's a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. No language has ever been dead for 2,000 years and then been rejuvenated into not only a language, but a state language. Now, take note, this happened after the Delitzsch translation. Okay, So the Delitzsch translation was purely written in biblical Hebrew. But what I'm trying to tell you is that if these things had not worked out that way, if the Jews had been faithful, okay, we would not have uh, the promise that one day we would have a pure language because they would have already figured it out. They would have immediately ripped out all their jots and tittles. Remember, I've told you a hundred thousand times that when you look at Hebrew, get those stupid cantillation marks. You know the little dots they use for accents marks? No, they're not. No, they're not. That's not how the Hebrew language is pronounced. They don't know how to pronounce it. Okay, so get the cantillation marks out of your edition. If you're looking at a Hebrew translation that has those, those little jots and tittles in it, those are only there to obscure your sight. Now, I'm not lying to you. <laughs> okay, they do the same thing with the Septuagint and the Adidurgia. You can get uh, copies of those electronically, but a lot of them will have the little accent marks. It's little jots and tittles. I mean, you can ask. Jose about it. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. So you have to realize that there's a reason for this. Now, does that mean um, that the Jews have been watered up and thrown away like trash? No. They have to accomplish the mission of the sons of Zadok. Do you not remember the promise to Zadok because he remained faithful? Of course there's going to be Jews uh, post the rise of the Assyrians' assault. And the final assault from the beast himself. Okay? Who do you think is going to repopulate the, the population, ladies and gentlemen? You, you need to look it up. You need to understand what you're reading. The Bible's very clear that it's not everybody that goes to Armageddon. Not every man, woman, and child is going to die at Armageddon. Okay? Please try to understand that. So, you, you have to realize that they knew exactly what to put in that picture. Uh, so, Jose, was that the only thing that you looked at was just Shemot? Because there's all kinds of stuff there I could talk about. Yeah, I mean, re really, Matthew, when I saw that, it was just really overwhelming. Um, and so I knew what I was going to look at when I when I investigated further on 746, you know, uh, and I and I know what I'm going to look, what I'm going to see when I find 827, and uh, it's just, uh, I can tell, I, I mean, I, I, I knew um, that there's a, a whole, well, you know, that's the wrong word I want to use, well, but there's a whole um, bunch of information left there, so... Uh, yeah, I can I can understand your uh, your excitement at this. Just seeing some of these verses here that 
that this this uh, calculation is coming up in. Well, it, it, ladies and gentlemen, there's also another word <laughs> that means uh, seven uh, forty six. Um, well, it's hoof, ladies and gentlemen. What what you see it is H sixty five forty one, but it's hoof. Okay, and the verses go in sequence so that you're able to understand what's going on because it's only in three verses. And let me read them in order. Now, take note that this is in reference to a red heifer, a very special uh, cud-chewing animal. Uh, but there's other things that chew like that too. And, well, let me just read them to you because the third time is a charm. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 6. Any animal that divides the hoof, and has hoof split in two, and choose the cud among the animals that you may eat. Uh, clearly in reference uh, to, of course, to heifer. Now the other two are very interesting indeed. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 28. Its arrows are sharp, and all its bows are bent. The hooves of its horses seem like flint. And its chariot wheels like a whirlwind. And the third time is a charm if you wasn't able to catch that one. Because of the noise of the galloping hooves of his stallions, the tumult of his chariots, and the rumbling of his wheels, the fathers have not turned back for their children because of the limpness of their hands. Um, ladies and gentlemen, they knew exactly what to encode into that picture. And you'll take note that it's on the 1 minute 53 second time stamp. You did say that hook was split in two, right, Matthew? That's right. That's right. I sure <laughs> did. <laughs> wow. But, you know, some things I just look at it and I'm like, Lord have mercy if they could only see see with their eyes, um, if they could only see with their eyes. Uh, so anyway, I just I just wanted to make sure that, that I put that in there. But uh, w what else did you see, Jose, with that 746? Let's see. Um, well, I kind of got a little uh, sidetracked there looking at 827, but... Uh, and my computer's really acting up right now. So if you want, if you want to pull one out, Matthew, for us to oh, look at. Okay, I, I've, I, I've, <laughs> I have got to say this: that that some things are so a time on target that it really can be, uh, well, scary, I guess. But um, everybody knows about Revelation chapter uh, thirteen, right? Because it's in there twice. It's in verse. 16 and 17. Um, in the Adidoregia, uh, please try to understand uh, that uh, the Greek is very complicated in its form, uh, extremely complicated. Uh, the last three letters can be several things, but here it's Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, the word that I'm going to read for Mark is 746. And he causes all small and great and rich and the poor and free men and slaves to be given a mark on the right hand or 
on their forehead. And he provides that no one will able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. I want you to think about what I just said. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the, the Bible source code will alphanumerically give you codes in order to see. You see, because what I just seen when it said beast, I knew to think about the red heifer. Now, I'm sorry I put it to you like that. But you see, it it's like these uh, visual puzzles you can get. That if you look at them just right, you know, you can see somebody's face in it. But when you stand away from it, you can't. Um, it's those those puzzles is how the Lord will teach you to use your mind in order to see and hear. So just take note that this heifer will be the eighth red heifer when it comes. And when it comes, you can make every wager that they are going to name that beast of burden. Oh, did I say it correctly that time? Do we all know about, oh, the 613 laws or regulations, should I say? that mentions how a beast of burden is supposed to be treated? Because right here in this context, God was wanting me, me to see a different strata of information. So now I know what to look for here. Now, take note, I already looked at it in this light when I was 17. So I already know where it's going. And I'm not going to go anywhere further because... Hosea said, or, uh, Jose said he wanted to talk about the next number, but I just gave you some very important information. Right there, when it's talking about the beast, you need to look at it because there's going to be a different layer, another layer beyond uh, what it's plainly talking about, the beast that comes up out of the abyss that hands out a number. There's another layer in there of information pertaining to the birth of that red heifer and you're supposed to see it, you're supposed to know it. So anyway, uh, Jose, that, that's all I wanted to say about that. Uh, let's uh, take a look at the next integer, shall we? Yeah, let me just drop one more, Matthew, on that 746 that I just found. Um, and it is uh, directly tied uh, to that mark that you were just talking about. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 17 and I will read, I will start from verse 14 for us. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Right there in verse 17, that word afterward, Matthew, and I think that tells us what's going to happen there uh, when you're given that choice to take the mark or not. Well, that's right. 
And we've talked about this to we're blue in the face. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to be caught up in any of this. For the love of God, hold to the law and to the testimony now. Do it now. Get your lamps full. The only way you can purchase for yourself, listen very carefully, is by giving it away. Instead of getting your prayers answered, why don't you try to answer some other people's prayers with your stuff? I mean, everybody's heard me say this a thousand times. If you have trouble finding someone that's in your family that needs help, you've got a problem. Jose, just on the social networking site, I mean, I don't even know how many prayer requests I get every week. Right. Uh, so, well, enough said about that. All right, uh, let's go on to the 827. Uh, it gets me excited just, just remembering. Uh, actually, a Mother's Day. It was a Mother's Day that I sat down uh, with Sister Mackey. Uh, I, of course, had to help her home. Well, here, let, let, let me build this in context. Um, uh, Sister Mackey was the organist at my church, and it got to the point where um, she couldn't walk home by herself. So it was my job uh, to help her walk home because she refused to drive because she only uh, lived about a block and a house from the church. So she wouldn't drive. She refused. Uh, so, of course, she would uh, put all of her weight on me and use me as a uh, cane. And it was one Mother's Day after uh, after uh, the, the Mother's Day service. Uh, she had a yellow lily uh, on her dress, of course, and well, to me. I mean, she was, of course, very elderly, but she was just as pretty as the springtime. And uh, when we got home, I, of course, uh, there was no law saying that I had to come uh, immediately home after I walked her home. So I would always sit there with her and and uh, enjoy her because um, I knew her time was short. But uh, at any rate, it was this one particular... Uh, Mother's Day, after I walked her home, that she told me about 827. Uh, anyway, good stuff. Jose, what you got, man? Amen, amen, Matthew. Well, let me just start. Uh, we'll, we'll stick in the editor regia here, Matthew. Um, Matthew 16, verse 12. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That word teaching there, Matthew 8.27, in one of its forms. That's right. Um, and and let, me, uh, let me say this real quick. Um, he said one of its forms. you got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, that the last, well, it can be up to the last three, Letters of any Greek word that determines what it is, and it's very complicated. But this is uh, its genitive singular feminine case. Now, you immediately uh, rise to the occasion. Why did God do that? Okay, here, make no mistakes about it. Uh, this verse, okay, the the ones in context here, the high priest, that's definitely in its masculine form. 
And because it's spelled such a way, it ends in the final sigma. Now, the reason why God did this is because the word that Jose just mentioned, it's also riddled in the final sigma. So this is sticking out to me like a sore thumb. It's literally, uh, oh my goodness, it's like somebody just put a firebrand in my eye that was red hot. Look at the light. It's right in front of your face. But um, it's in six verses. Uh, was you going to share those six verses, or am I supposed to keep my mouth shut? No, we can. We, we can get into those. Okay, cool. Uh, let me jump back there. <laughs> it's just it's just Matthew that it's just all flooding in right now. This is the first time I'm looking at this number, and, and, and the things that are popping out right now are just uh, pretty amazing. Let me get back to that. It's just, it's just cool, Matthew. I mean, there's just so much here. <laughs> yep. All right, let's go to John 7, 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. John 18, John 18 verse 19. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples, and of his doctrine. Acts 5.28, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Well, weren't you saying something about that earlier, Matthew? I sure was. It, it, I just repeated him, I guess. Amen. Amen. Romans 6.17, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. And then the last one, Hebrews 6, verse 2, of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And can I say this? Ladies and gentlemen, he just gave you a series there, okay, that if you think about it for just a minute, you would have heard of the war amongst the different denominations. Stems from this verse right here. Here, let me give it to you in a short form. Do you believe in sprinkling or immersion? Go ahead, Jose. We got some good stuff to cover with this number. Right. Let me just read the the three the two verses surrounding that that verse two of Hebrews chapter six. Um, it really puts this uh, in its perspective. Verse one. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permits. Um, that really puts in context, Matthew, what you just said about trying to divide people with these different doctrines. Um, it says, uh, you already know these things. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> hey, man, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matthew twenty-three twenty-six. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. 
And I think this is the, the only verse that one shows up in Matthew. That's what I see. Yeah, that's that right there, that that form is the only uh, time it's targeted is right there. And it's and ladies and gentlemen, this is exclusive because that sequence is not in the Septuagint. This is its singular use in the Adito Regia. And that's why well, this entire discourse is monumentally targeting. Now, take note, if if you don't know what this is, this is Christ's discourse about the eight woes targeted to the Pharisees. Now, he says Pharisees more than once, but he limited his restriction to the 827 right here in all of his word. And like I said, you need to understand that they know the Septuagint and the Bible they were using at the time of Christ was the Septuagint. And the only reason why they riddled this in the form that they did was, of course, they knew when to do it in the sign of the yoke. They knew when to do it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it is the Jews that knew of the Bible source code long before you did. They already knew it. So, uh, which is... Why, by the way, uh, Delich based his New Testament off the Ditto Virgia, just so you know. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, critically important there. Um, sorry I interrupted you again. Man, I could interrupt you all day, Jose. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let me jump to uh, John ten twenty one. But I'm going to read mm. a few other verses that surround this. Starting with verse 19. Now, 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 wait a minute. All right. All right. I, I hope everybody listened to the show I just did with my son, Aaron. Uh, because, oh, man. Look, Jose's got them some things to dump on your head, okay? Because I told you the reason why they did it on July 12th. I told you what is on their calendar and who they commemorate in league with these spirits, uh, the Maggot and the Debok and the Ibor. Okay? And, well, look, ladies and gentlemen, how do you think I was able to do that? Because I looked at that picture. I said, oh, my goodness. I know what they're talking about. I know where this is going. And yeah. they know that the outpouring is directly they're going to try to force it by making a red heifer. And I was very clear with my son in that episode. This water of cleansing can be used to clean anything from impurity, including people, okay? And they think this will instigate a great outpouring, direct communication from God, from the maggot spirits. Either the Dybbuk, okay, or the Ibur. I'm sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to point that out so people can go back and get a little bit of understanding about this, Jose. Uh, go ahead. John 10:19. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these things. And many of them said, He has a devil and is mad. Why hear you him? Others said, these are not the words of him that has a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. 
and Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. And then you keep reading on, and this chapter is just amazing. Yeah, we've we've did whole shows on that chapter, haven't we, Jose? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you know, I had to end it there with the portico of Solomon. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you said the porch, not ain't. I don't, care, <laughs> I don't care what that version says. It's the portico of Solomon. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just it's just amazing, Matthew. Just just looking at these. Um, Something just hit me. What you just said, I've heard. I've heard you repeat it over and over again that they used uh, the Septuagint in the times of Jesus, and uh, of course they riddled it. Um, of course they went through it alphanumerically because that's what they did in the Hebrew. That's what they're going to do in the Greek, and of right. course they know what all these numbers mean uh, on that side. So it's that's that kind of uh, taught me. Caught me unawares there, you know, just the realization that that that's what they're doing, and and they're 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 doing both sides as well, uh, and that's kind of scary. Well, I'll tell you something a little bit more scarier. I'm really going to rattle your cage now, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever looked in the Septuagint and looked up Israel? Ladies and gentlemen, that's where they got their cantillation marks from. Don't you know that? They have no idea how to pronounce Israel except it weren't for the Septuagint. Just so you all know. I'm not lying to you. So I can take the Septuagint and when I know Greek, I know how it's pronouncing that word so I can look at the cantillation marks and I can even tell you where they're lying. And I've said this before. And I remember when I first pointed it out to Jose and he asked me about it. I said, well, go to this Strong's number. So he did. I said, okay, go one up. He's like, well, it's the same number, but it's got different little marks on it. Mm-hmm. When they don't want you to see something, when they want to ex- obscure something, or when they know they can't do that, uh, they know that uh, the base information is there, but they want to divide the information so that you can't see prophetically – They'll put different candelation marks on it, and it'll be the exact same word, but they'll call it two different strong numbers. Right, Jose? Right. Yep, yep, yep. But just so you know, that's that's how – what words they do know how to pronounce, and they don't even argue about them. It's because it's pronounced that way because it's phonetically in the Septuagint. No, really. Uh, it's just like um, – well, a couple of the other words that I've mentioned uh, before on different broadcasts, um, you know, it's really in your face what's what's going on there with the Bible source code. And they know it, and I'm so sorry to break it to you, but all the scholars know this is true. But they don't want you becoming the bride. They want you blind as a bat. And in order to keep you blind as a bat… They have been teaching you since the 1800s that the Old Testament is only in the Hebrew and the New Testament's only in the Greek. And of course, up until Delitz, that was true. But the Greco Bible source code was well established for generations until, of course, Techno Supernova. 
but we won't go into that. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you that this whole video, you ought to try listening to it intently, because this is what I did. I went to my room, turned on the audio, shut my eyes, and turned the lights off. You better listen to it intently, because I can hear a lot of things in there that you can't hear, because you're listening to somebody's voice. But a voice is just a projection of an alphanumerical language. This is real, and if you would please just believe it, you're going to find his wonders within it. Um, uh, is, is that the only words you wanted to share there about that? Jose? Well, I got, I got one more word, Matthew. Um, okay. And like I said, it's, it's scary that the things that I'm starting to, things that are coming together, I guess I should say. Um, it's all these studies that are kind of coming together that are kind of tying themselves together. And then consider that it was this video that brought this forth. Uh, yeah. I got to do a, a lot of a lot of praying tonight, man. But I'm going to leave everyone with this last one. Second Peter two nine. This is again one of those words that Matthew was talking about that has two calculations, but one of those calculations is eight twenty seven. And I want to start from verse one, and I will end it in verse nine. But please, people, read this whole chapter on your own, and and study it. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with vain words make merchandise of you, Judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth not how to deliver, the Lord, excuse me, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. And you keep reading that chapter, Matthew. You're told about the brute beasts. You're told about the unrighteous with their spots and their blemishes. Um, you're all, it's just kind of all tying together, Matthew. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, you know what? I, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to point it out. Um, 
because you brought up what you, what you just brought up, I, I'm kind of a push to say it when I wasn't going to. Ladies and gentlemen, when you take a look at this, there's two integers here. Um, the first one and the last one. That's in one chapter. Now, you really have to be a riddler in order to see this, but Psalms 109, verse 3, that is 966. But it doesn't stop there, okay? Because, well, Psalm 109, 22 is 746. I hope everybody realizes that, that this brings this up to a different level, and everybody will probably ask themselves, well, maybe I ought to read Psalms 109. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you this. Why do you know what Matthew 24 is about and you don't know what Psalm 109 is about? Because I just, knowing that off the top of my head, I assure you, I know exactly what it says. And this series of integers that comprises the equation here on this board, this mating board, by the way, um, in this video. You need to take a look at Psalms 109. And you should get to the point where when I say that, you, you know what I'm talking about. And, and I wonder how many chapters is like that, Jose. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, okay, but uh, it... If I mention Genesis 6, everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Right. If I mention, uh, well, the one I just said, Matthew 24, everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Right. Jose, why is it that they don't realize that's what I learned in Joy Bells, ladies and gentlemen? You see, Joy Bells uh, was the lowest class at my church. It was for the preschoolers. Okay, so I was in there until I was in kindergarten. All right, and that's what I was taught uh, by Sister Bottoms, well, by Sister Mackey, uh, uh, by Sister Bruner. They taught me all of the chapters because that's what you do. So I couldn't tell you, okay, uh, what the chapter said, but I knew what Matthew 24 was about because that's what they taught me. And they taught me what all the chapters were about. That's that, that. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you learn uh, how to write. I mean, don't you realize they teach you the letters before you can actually learn how to write? Well, that's what they were doing with us. And it just bothers me that most of you will never get past uh, the most elementary of education with the Bible chapters. I mean, I should be able to say, Psalms 109, and you know what it's about. I mean, how many of you listening to my voice, without cheating, can you tell me what Psalms 109 is about? I mean, how old are you? Okay, don't insult my intelligence. I mean, and, and I'm not trying uh, to pick on Jose, but let me ask Jose. Uh, was you into sports at any time in your life, Jose? You yeah. you. So you got a favorite team, right? Who was your favorite team? Uh, growing up, it was uh, the football team in Washington, the Redskins. Okay, who was the who, uh, who was the quarterback? 
you know, the best quarterback they had was Joe Theismann. Okay. Um, I don't want to push it because I don't want to wound you. I get you. But you could tell me the running backs. You could tell me the wide receivers. You could tell me how many games they won this. Couldn't you? Yes. There's no sense in lying to me. Don't insult my intelligence. And when I say that, uh, Jose, you should be able to tell me that Psalms 109 is a cry out for vengeance upon your adversaries. You, 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 you should know that. Right. Okay? So um, right now, and, and Jose knows I'm not picking on him. I'm using him as an example because all of you are sitting there in the silence, aren't you? You're also very thankful that uh, the Lord's servant Matthew don't pick up his great big stick and go to whooping you. Because I can belittle you if I choose to do so. I can rebuke you. That is within my power. So I'm using uh, that example with Jose so I don't have to drag all of you kicking and screaming into the light so that you might have life. But I want you to realize that, that they want you to concentrate on Genesis 6. They want you to concentrate on Matthew 24. Why don't they want you to concentrate on crying out for vengeance against those who have their boots on your head? Why don't you cry out against the pyramid scheme? I mean, Arthur mentioned it earlier. Uh, the interest that we get is not really interest on what we have in our, our savings. Why don't you cry out to the Lord about Now are your eyes opened? They don't want you crying out against them. They don't ever want you to bring up to the Lord your God Psalm 73. Because when you do, those that are at the altar will begin to cry out. Now, John's been quiet for a long time. John, we still got you, buddy. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. I was just on mute for a bit, so I don't <laughs> – the kids are talking all kinds of crazy. Oh, come on, man. Uh, they they speak a lot better than I do. Jose can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> you uh, you want to read, you, you read Psalms 109 for us? Sure. Uh, let me get it pulled up real we quick. About, we got about two minutes left, Matthew, right? Or we go do up? we? I think so. We're going to knock it out. <laughs> no, no, all we right. won't. Uh, it's a it's a better course for John to end us in prayer. That that that's a better course. We we don't have the time, but we certainly have time for prayer. So, John, why don't you uh, end this show in prayer, please? All right, um, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for uh, who you are, for all the blessings that you've blessed us with, and all the trials and tribulations you've allowed us to go through and you've seen us through. I ask, Lord, that you just open the eyes of my brothers and sisters out there, that uh, they need to be opened, and you help them to see what they need to see right now, and just wake up to this whole the system. A lot of them are stuck, and they don't they don't 